And welcome back to Top Cheddar Sports, here with another episode of Hockey Thoughts. Um, today we had a special uh, guest, J.C. Gebhard, former uh, Robert Morris University women's hockey standout, and uh, currently playing professional hockey over in Sweden. Uh, she was kind enough to take the time to talk a little bit about her career, uh, how she got where she is, and how everything's going so far and uh, the state of women's hockey today and kind of the differences between playing overseas and obviously um, playing here in North America. Um, We talked a lot in the past on this podcast about uh, the NWHL specifically and women's hockey as a whole. Um, So really appreciated some insight from an actual uh, professional who has played in, in some of those leagues and played women's hockey um, as to kind of some of the issues women's hockey is facing and um, certainly the potential to continue to grow as a sport, uh, both in North America and globally. So um, without further ado, uh, here is the uh, conversation I had uh, with JC. So for starters, uh, thank you again for making the time out of your busy schedule. Um, first off, for those listening that you know may not know much about you, um, why could you talk a little bit about just your history in playing hockey and um, you know how you first got into it? Was it something you always like enjoyed doing or? Did you just kind of kind of come across it one day and fell in love with it? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much started skating um, when I was three years old. My parents just put some skates on me and went on an outdoor rink in Saskatchewan and kind of just, like, took off from there, I think. Like, Aww. everybody started <laughs> running on ice and eventually learned how to skate. But, um, yeah, I started playing organized hockey uh, when I was uh, five and kind of played ever since. Being from a small town in Saskatchewan, I mean, pretty much everybody there plays hockey. And if you don't, um, you're kind of left out. So uh, it was kind of something that um, I kind of had to do. And um, just being put in skates at a young age, I loved it and just loved being on the ice. I always had fun just skating around and um, once I started playing organized hockey, um, I guess I found out that I was kind of always one of the better players from a young age, and um, that obviously made the game really fun for me. So um, that was kind of how it all started. And um, just as I got older, obviously there's not a lot of opportunities in small towns in Saskatchewan, so I had to move away to Notre Dame to play um, better hockey and, and to be able to further my career. So. Uh, moving there for high school, I think, was the biggest part of um, making me the player I am today and just the facilities they have there, being able to become a better player and and then obviously moving on to college and now professional. So it kind of came full circle, but just kind of starting when I was young, just skating and having fun. Um, all, your, all my friends played, and that's kind of the way we all hung out. So it was um, just something I fell in love with from an early age. So now – Skating at a young age, that's kind of just part of the culture where you grew up. 
so like like you said most people did it and if you didn't you were kind of left behind um so that that's like a normal thing then um in in saskatchewan right yeah definitely i mean um most communities are smaller um throughout saskatchewan so everybody just plays hockey and um, lots of communities combine to play on the same teams and um, it's just kind of the way of life honestly there and um, everybody joins hockey when they're young. They're, your parents just put you in hockey, and obviously some people don't stick with it, but most do, and it's just the way that um, the communities come together in, in Saskatchewan and is through hockey. So it was definitely special growing up in Saskatchewan and being a part of that and getting to play with all my friends growing up. And, um, I mean, there's, Saskatchewan's a small province, but there's so many great players that have come from there in the women's side and the men's side. So it's kind of cool seeing how um, being from small communities, actually, um, you can go places from that. Very cool. Yeah. And then you mentioned um, Notre Dame. Now, again, most of our listeners are from the U.S. So the when you said, you know, a hockey high school, uh a lot of people probably a little uh, confused and intrigued by that. Um, is that also, is that, first off, is that something you always wanted to do? And is that the normal path that hockey players seem to take is going to a high school um, kind of out of your hometown to play hockey? And uh, what kind of led to that decision or were you even recruited there? Yeah, I mean, um in Saskatchewan, especially, it's it's tough to go um, anywhere when you just stick in your hometown and play. As most people kind of just play house hockey until they graduate high school and then they they move on from hockey. So, um, if you want to kind of go to the next step in your career and m- potentially play college, you kind of had to move um, away from home. And um, Notre Dame is the only hockey high school in Saskatchewan, I guess you can say most, um, other than that, it's mostly just house hockey or there's a female AAA league, which is just based in Saskatchewan. So, uh, moving to Notre Dame, it was a North American league. So we were able to play teams from all over Canada and the U S which, uh, made the competition that much better. And, um, just going to a school that was focused on hockey and had the facilities, um, like, shooting cages and um the weight room and the free ice whenever you want it and um just the players that come from all over the world to play there getting to play with that quality of players was something that um, I wanted to do Uh, my dream was always to go to play division one and to play professional hockey so I knew that's where I had to go and um luckily um lots of players from Saskatchewan and um, played there so it was an easy choice to go there knowing people and um, they do recruit players from all over the world to come and play for their men's and women's teams there so um, I was recruited to go there and I knew that's where I wanted to go and just knowing some of the legendary names that have been there especially many of the NHL players um, that have played there as well it's kind of has a deep history so it was an easy choice to go there and I knew that that was going to be the defining kind of four years of my hockey career and what the next steps I could take um, on how I would develop there. So um, it's definitely 
a special opportunity for anyone in Saskatchewan to, to go there, but even for anyone in the world. Now, um, you played with who would then be your one of your teammates at Robert Morris University when you went to college, uh, Amber Rennie at Notre Dame. Um, did you guys both kind of know that you were going to play one going to play college hockey in in the states and two um obviously she went there first uh was that part of the reason you chose rmu or because i'm sure you had plenty of options um or can you kind of walk us through i guess the recruitment process and the decision then to play college hockey um to to further your career yeah so me and amber actually played together since we were little kids probably I think we started playing together in third grade um so we've been best of friends our whole lives and we pretty much played on the same line our whole lives so um going to Notre Dame together was obviously a choice we made together and we wanted to continue to play together and we kind of dreamt together that we wanted to play division one hockey and um that was a dream we had so um she obviously went there the year before me and um, just knowing that she was there and I would potentially get to play with her for three more years was a big part of my decision to go to RMU. And um, I did have other options um, at different schools, but just having the comfort of knowing she was there and how much she loved her first year and knowing that I would get to play with someone familiar and that I've loved playing with my whole life was a big part of my decision. And obviously um, we had success at RMU together and um, throughout her whole life so that was a big piece of it and um, just hearing her stories of her freshman year and the direction that the program at RMU was going um, it was very intriguing to me and so that was one of the biggest pieces in my recruitment process was um, getting to play college hockey with my best friend which a lot of people don't get to experience so that was something special for both of us and um, yeah it was a big piece of my recruitment process. Yeah, that's that's super cool. Uh, like you said, not many people do get to do that. Um, you know, from a, from an NHL standpoint, you can think maybe the the Stahl brothers, um, the Sedins got to play. You know, but in terms of best friends that get to basically be on the same team their whole lives, uh, definitely definitely a unique decision. And then uh, let's just touch briefly on your time at RMU. Um, I do mainly want to get into, you know, just women's hockey in general and get your thoughts on a few things. But I think, you know, I need to humble brag for you a little <laughs> bit here. And we need to talk about your time at RMU because you shattered uh, program records there. Um, you were a finalist for the equivalent to the MVP award in your senior year uh, for Division One women's hockey you were named the women's hockey commissioner's rookie of the year. You were named the conference rookie of the year. So just so many things. I can't even get into all of your accomplishments because it would take like a full <laughs> half hour just to get through them. But I'll just keep it brief. Um, of the 198 points you scored during your four years at Robert Morris, is there any one goal or even assist that kind of sticks out in your mind and was the most special to you? And going off of that, 
what game kind of, I guess, is your fondest memory from RMU? And is there any regrets or things you wish you could have done uh, that you didn't get to do? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously my time at RMU was awesome and special, but um, I think the goal, my favorite goal or memory um, was definitely this season uh, against Clarkson when we scored. Um, we were killing a five on three and um, somehow I got a breakaway and scored to put us up five, four in that game. And um, I don't think I've ever heard the ring that loud and um, just excited. Um, but that was one of the coolest memories I had at RMU and probably my favorite um, goal I ever scored um, was, was that I don't, I guess, how the whole play transpired and I was standing at the red line by myself while killing a five on three. I don't know, but um, it was definitely one of the most exciting (laughs) uh, moments and goals I scored and just, um, yeah, just incredible how loud the rink was in the band and um, how excited we were um, on the bench and stuff like that. It was definitely the most exciting goal I scored, but by far the best memory I had at RMU was uh, my freshman year, when we won the CHA tournament um, and went on to the NCAA tournament. Um, That was kind of the icing on the cake, winning that and knowing um, a great way to start off my collegiate career was with that. And um, that game was just probably one of the best games that we had as a program um, throughout my four years Um, was just the way we played and, how we played as a team that game and how everybody stepped up in different ways and just the feeling of coming off the bench and throwing our equipment. And um, it kind of felt like we won the whole entire NCAA. It was, it was so awesome. And um, just keeping that memory throughout the other, my last three years. And obviously uh, we made it to the championship every year, but we were only able to win that once, but just being able to win three regular seasons in a row and a tournament championship and kind of being at the top every year and making the championship game is something that I don't think really anybody is does in their NCAA time so that was something special but um, being able to get one ring at RMU was special and knowing that I had such an impact on the program and um, was a big part of our success is something that I always take with me and um I'll always use as a source of confidence and um pride for me. Yeah, I I think I was actually at that Clarkson game. It, 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 you describe it, it kind of rings a bell. Um yeah, short-handed breakaway on a 5 on 3. Not something you see in any hockey game uh really ever. Um it's certainly certainly a cool moment there. Now, I'm looking at your stats because I, I, I did some research here, and you um, took by far the most penalty minutes <laughs> during your time in the NCAA. Now, is that uh, are the are the officials maybe a little, you know, uh, less forgiving in America, or do you think that was just uh, you, you know, being a leader on that team? maybe pushing it a little bit or or uh how do you um, I think that? it kind of contributes to a few things obviously um I feel like I'm a pretty aggressive player and 
I don't really hold back, so I think that kind of contributed to a lot of it. But um, I think kind of when you're like one of the top players, the the refs kind of have more of an eye on you. And um, I found that any little stick check or anything that um, I did, there was no way I was getting away with it. So, um, yeah, that kind of contributed too. But also just kind of the amount of time, like, we played each game and um, we were on the ice so much that um, it's kind of – it kind of goes along with that and um, playing aggressive and – you know, and just having that much ice time and you're you're gonna end up taking penalties at some time. So I think that all contributed to but um I mean I just go hundred percent every shift and um play aggressive and I guess sometimes it goes over the line. But you know, I think that's being a smaller player I have to play that way in order to hold my ground and um for people not to, to kind of push me around. So um, you know it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just messing. Um, okay, cool. So that's your history of hockey. Um, obviously, you have been just a, a, an amazing player everywhere you've gone, over a point per game everywhere you've gone. Um, now you're playing professionally over in Sweden. Um you were drafted as we get into the NWHL here. Uh, you were drafted by the Toronto six, the first ever draft choice by that franchise. Um, and this being their first year, obviously with COVID, they haven't really gotten off the ground yet, but um, kind of, uh, I guess what led to your decision to ultimately go and play in Sweden? Um, and obviously you made that decision before you were drafted, but um, when you were drafted by Toronto, was there any, I guess, hesitation or regret um, in, into playing in Sweden versus potentially um, your home country? Yeah, I kind of, maybe around Christmas of my senior year at RMU, I kind of started thinking about going overseas to play and um, I kind of knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, honestly, the biggest factor of choosing coming to Sweden over playing in North America was just the amount of hockey that was to be played. And um, in the NWHL, you know, they they play only a 20-game schedule and they practice twice a week. Um, whereas over here in Sweden, we play um, almost 40 games regular season and potentially 20 more postseason games. And um, we practice five days, four or five days a week and play twice, sometimes three times. So um, that was honestly the biggest factor for me is just um, the amount of hockey I would get to play and kind of experience professional hockey in a real way and um, play every day. So that was the biggest factor for me, um, along with just getting to come to a new country and travel and um, explore while getting to play the game I love was – a big part of that decision too. And I thought, um, I mean, it would be such a cool experience to go over and play um, here in Sweden, but um, I definitely have realized that the league here is uh, phenomenal and the talent that's in this league um, is right now far better than what the NWHL is. And 
um, which is a big piece for, for my career too, and continuing to v- develop and to get better and um, just having that extra ice time and the extra games and um, just being able to play with players from all over the world and um, the amount of national team players from all the European countries that are on teams here. And um, there's actually um, probably over 20 North Americans that are in the league right now that are all um, very good who played NCAA the last few years as well. So um, the league here is, is awesome. And that was definitely the biggest decision for me is just where can I play the most hockey to keep developing and continue to kind of reach more of my goals. So um, that was the biggest decision for me. But um, like you said, I had already made my decision before I had been drafted by Toronto and I obviously had told them that. So I, I was a little bit surprised when I was drafted, honestly, but um, I, they're going to be a great organization uh, moving forward. And um, it was cool to be the first ever draft pick for them. And hopefully um, they can start playing um, if COVID lets them soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now, did a Toronto um you know leave the door open for you for a potential maybe someday uh whether that be a year or even five years down the road uh would you consider maybe going back and playing for them obviously um them being a new franchise i think that they'll um leave the door open for anybody at this point and trying to become the best franchise in the nwhl but um i think the biggest thing for me will always just be um if, if they can find a way to play more games and to have a, a kind of a more like actual professional um, like schedule practice every day of the week, play um, maybe closer to 35 games in a season and kind of make it more feel like an actual professional season, I think um, would be a big factor in me wanting to go back and play in the NWHL. Um, but right now kind of, the whole state of the the women's hockey in North America is kind of up in the air with the the PWHPA and all of those players and NWHL and kind of the little feud that goes on between them. So um, it was kind of it almost made it an easy decision for me to come over to Sweden and play. Yeah, you mentioned uh, kind of the competition and obviously the CWHL having folded a uh, little over a year ago now, largely in part due to the competition with the NWHL and uh, just some, some disagreements and uh, some financial problems that came from that. Um, that I guess kind of just diving right into now the NWHL, because uh, we've talked a lot in the past on this podcast about the NWHL and all of the issues that they have had in the past. Obviously, uh, there was also that report of some pretty disturbing, I guess, um, issues uh, w- in terms of their practicing and their traveling. And, you know, players have to pay for their own travel and we're having to use a bathroom like in a bucket behind the bench because the bathrooms were open. The NWHL has corrected a lot of that. Uh, they've finally made a players association. Uh, so they're definitely making steps in the right direction. But in general, um, I feel the NWHL really just struggles with marketing 
still to this day, they've been around for five years and hardly anyone knows that the league even exists. Um, a large part due to no TV contract, uh, not really any, you know, media attention to it. Um, they stream their games on like Twitter and Twitch and they don't really have a television partner. Um, so I guess from your experience in Sweden, um, I can, I, I can kind of see already just uh, that, you know, the SDHL seems to be a respected league out there and, and get a good following. Is there anything that they're doing in Sweden that you think could be applied to the NWHL to kind of help them, I guess, um, become re- recognized and get their, you know, their foot in the door yeah, definitely. here I mean, in, in North America? Something that the SDHL does well is – um, most of the teams in our league are um, just partners with the teams in the SHL, which obviously is a very well-known and high, highly skilled league um, for the Swedish men's league. Um, so all of our teams in SDHL um, are directly partnered with the men's team. So we share the same Twitter account. There's not a men's and women's Twitter. Um, we are all men's and women's um, are all streamed on the exact same um, website, which is Seymour. And um, at least, I mean, we've had 10 games so far and we've had at least four on this on TV here in Sweden and similar to the men's. So um, they've really developed that where both sides get the exact same exposure, which has been huge. I mean, the, the men's teams here have such a big following throughout the entire world. And for us to be um, on the exact same Twitter platform as them, anyone who follows our men's team is going to see everything about our women's team. And that's the same for every um, team in the SDHL. So I think that plays a huge part in our exposure as well as um, everybody who's a, who's a men's t- team fan is going to be a women's team fan just by association. So um, we get that exposure and even just, um, the way that they have equality of the same amount of games on TV per season for per men's and women's teams is um, is really cool. And I mean, just the support that we've got from them, our fans. Um, we walk outside anywhere in the city here um, where um, I live is, and we wear a Brinus logo, and everybody's honking at you and um, and knows who you are. So it's it's pretty cool that way. And I think that's a big difference from the NWHL, which is they're their own teams and they don't have a male partner team that can promote them and um, kind of help them grow. And people who, who know the men's teams can also know the women's teams and they don't have that in the NWHL, which I think hurts them a lot. Um, just kind of knowing um, by association of, um, of course, more people are in the, the men's hockey and it's just how it's been. So, to have that association would, would be a big way for the NWHL teams to get more exposure and be able to kind of get their name out there. And by not having that, people aren't just going to go and follow those teams because they have not, they don't know anything about them. So I think just in the future, if, if some NHL teams, if, if the NWHL can partner with NHL teams and kind of get going that way, I think they're going to get a lot more exposure. 
Yeah, I'm I'm really glad you brought up the whole NHL partner team because as of right now, the two most followed teams on social media and the two teams that get the best average attendance are the only two that actually do have an NHL partner, uh, being the Boston Pride with the Bruins and the Minnesota Whitecaps with the Wild. Uh, all the other teams don't have an NHL partner, and it just seems like like you said, kind of such an obvious like thing that should they should do. Um, the NHL really needs to do a better job supporting this league as a whole. Um, and you're exactly right. You know, when, when you have an NHL partner and you do a little bit of cross-promoting and, and following, um, you, that's what's going to sustain this league, and that's how you're going to get more people's attention to the league um, and women's hockey as a whole. Um, because women's hockey is obviously very popular in other countries like Sweden, like you said, um, but not so much in North America. And there's really no reason it shouldn't be other than just, again, poor kind of poor marketing and poor uh, planning on part of the NWHL on some levels. Um, so, yeah, really, really good, good point there. Um, Wanted to ask a question. Uh, you're, you're playing yep. for Brinus, right? Did I pronounce that right? Okay. <laughs> um, right now, you guys are 10 games into the season, and uh, you are 9-1. and one. Um, So first in the league at this point. Thank um, you. So congratulations first off on that. Um, now, Brinus has made the playoffs uh, for the past, it looks like, five seasons um, or so. And no championships yet to this point. So I'll just ask you straight up, do you guys think you have it in you this year? And do you think the addition of you is going to be enough to kind of take Brinus yeah, I mean, uh, over the um, top and win? Just... Um, kind of speaking to the girls that have played here for many years, um, they definitely feel that this is the best team that Brinos has ever had. And um, we do have a belief that we can kind of go all the way this this year. And just the work ethic we've had to begin the season and um, has kind of demonstrated that, that um, everybody knows that this is our chance and this is the year that uh, we can win a, a championship for Brinos. So, um, that's definitely cool coming in my first year professional and being on such a great team and um, having a chance um, to to go all the way and um, knowing just how much work it's going to take. We're only 10 games in. There's still um, over 25 games left in the regular season. So um, it's going to take a lot, but uh, we do believe that this is um, kind of the year that, that Brinus has the chance to do it. So that's definitely exciting and um I think that I can be a big contributor to that. I mean, um, my goal coming into the year was just to be um, a contributor every game and practice and work out. But um, my goal was to just be like, over a point per game and knowing that I can contribute every single game and um, in different ways. And I know obviously my role is different here than it was at RMU the past four years. But um, still being counted on as an offensive player here um, something that I pride myself on and, um, and, and just knowing how the first 10 games is, have gone that um, the team is also going to 
expect me to be an offensively contributed player. So I think um, if I can do that all season, then I think I can be a big part of the success we have. But um, definitely throughout the whole entire organization here and the talk throughout the first um, kind of 10 games of the season has been that this is Rina's year. And, um, and if we keep working hard and doing the right things and um, being prepared every single day that um, we will have a chance for the championship. And that's really exciting for, for all of us and especially for some of the players that have played on the team for six, eight years um, and haven't been at the bottom. It's exciting for them as well to now be at the top. And um, just by working hard every day, we, we think that we're going to be able to stay there. And so far, <laughs> yeah. your points per game goal going very well. Uh, you've put 13 in 10 games, so keep that up. Um, I guess the last uh, question I'll ask here, because I, I don't want to hold you up. Um, I know you have practice here in a couple hours. Um, the last question I'll ask is for any young girl right now that may hear this or want to just want to get into hockey and uh, that lives in the United States. Um, and obviously that wasn't your experience. So this may be tough for you to answer, but what advice would you give to them to both one become a great hockey player and two be able to play hockey uh, both at the NCAA Division One level and then maybe possibly go professional um, um, like, yeah, like you I did? Mean, Is there any um, advice you would have? From a young age, it's just trying to get um, on the ice as, as much as you can and just to have fun. I know even now I'm 23 years old playing um, professional and I know the best – the best practices and the best games I, I have is when I'm just having fun and, and loose. So that's the biggest thing for, for young players is just always to have fun and um, just just to love the game. I mean, being able to play hockey is, is a gift that not um, everybody gets to do. So just being able to put the skates on and, and have fun every day and um, being a young girl in the United States, you get to play hockey with your friends and um, that should be something you look forward to every day is, is getting to, to be active with, with a lot of your friends. And um, I think that's the biggest thing is, is just always remembering to have fun, even some on the tough days or the days where um, maybe things aren't going your way is just always kind of remember why you started. And I, I even use that now um, is on the tough days, is just knowing where I started and how much I love the game when I was a kid. And that's why I've kept playing and, I think that's a big thing for, for young girls. Um, and just to kind of um, take advantage of any opportunities that they may get is um, if you're able to play on specific teams or somebody presents you with an opportunity for an extra skill practice or something like that, is just always take advantage of those, especially when you're younger and um, just kind of take those opportunities and, and always have your mind open to, being able to grow and learn new ways to play the game. Um, I mean, throughout my entire career, I've had so many different coaches that have taught the game different ways. And, and now being able to bring all those different ways into how I play now is, is something that makes me successful. So just being able to be open-minded and, and ch change the way you play and, and uh, use those opportunities is big. But always the biggest thing is just always to, 
to work really hard every time to get the opportunity to be on the ice and um, just have a lot of fun. There you have it. Um, JC, uh, thank you again so much for, for joining us here on Top Cheddar Sports. Um, really appreciate your time and, you know, um, I'll let you, I'll let you go and <laughs> grab some lunch. Um, I know you're, you're six hours ahead of me. Uh, so <laughs> I'll be making another coffee and getting, uh, maybe making myself some eggs or something here, but I'm, I'm sure you'll be, you'll be, uh, getting ready to to eat lunch here before practice um but yeah thank you again so much um next time you're in pittsburgh area let me know i i owe you one oh and uh best of luck to you the the rest of the, the season here uh we'll, we'll yeah, be keeping tabs you on you and uh for, um, thanks for having wishing me you the all the best so just uh pretty cool to see how different the the culture clearly is uh between you know canada and the united states um you know playing getting recruited for high school hockey uh kind of the equivalent to i think american football how um some high schools recruit from from you know other states and other areas for their teams uh it's hockey in canada um and and certainly a, a nice reflection on you know everything jc has been able to accomplish so far and will likely i'm sure continue to accomplish great things as she continues on her career um want to thank her again for her time uh and, and you know really giving uh so, some nice stories and some nice uh advice and insight um for for everyone uh there good advice again uh for for any young girl um who wants to play hockey when she's older um you know like she said, have fun, work hard. Um, and that's really a, a good, um, I think, good advice for, for any hockey player. You know, if, if you really do want to play hockey, um, you can. You know, you can, you can do anything you set your mind to if you want it hard enough and, and work hard enough. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, the NWHL is getting better. It's not perfect. Um, Again, we've spoken in length about that before in the past, um, so I, I won't get into it too much again here, but um, I thought JC brought up some really good ideas as well as to what the NWHL could potentially do uh, to continue growing and continue uh, its, you know, gaining some following and gaining some popularity. So uh, that'll do it for this episode of Hockey Thoughts. We'll definitely try to get or continue to get um, some some different guests on as, as we move forward here. And um, again, thank you to JC. Uh, if you, you know, want to continue to follow JC in her career, uh, you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter at JC Gebhard. Um, and certainly follow uh, Brannis and their social media page, as mentioned. Um, in, um, both their men's and women's team are on the same account, uh, so you'll be able to follow the uh, their games on there. Um, so thank you again to JC, and uh, we will catch you guys in the next one.